0: And now for something completely different. Hello and welcome back to the UFC Rundown podcast from your host Scott as always. Thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you did enjoy the rundown of that uh, UFC Rio de Janeiro card from last week. We ran through our picks. If you've not already went and listened to it, please go and do that. But today it's all about the UFC Fight Night 152 in Rochester. NYC Dos Anjos versus Lee headlining. Cannot wait for that fight. The rest of the card's pretty, I don't want to say mediocre, but it kind of is. <laughs> but before we get into that, Bruce Buffer, you know what to do? <laughs> Yes, yeah, so today is all about that UFC Fight Night 152 card. We're going to be previewing this card with picks, etc. I'm going to be not rushing through the picks, but they're going to be a bit faster and a bit less in depth than normal because we've got quite a lot of news to talk about at the end of this podcast. I, a lot of fights that have been um, officially uh, recorded in the books, officially are on a card, on cards, um, and so we'll get into that. At the end of the podcast, but for now, let's just get straight into it. First fight Julio Arce versus Julian Arroso. Um Julio Arce is 15 and 3, 3 KOs, 5 subs, 7 decisions. He won his contract on the Dynamic Contender series in 2017. Currently 2 for 1 in the UFC, um, but he is coming off a loss against Shaman Moras in November 18. is uh, 22-7, 10 KO victories, 9 subs and 3 decisions. Again won his contract in Dana White's Tuesday Contender Series, that was in 2018, he's owned to in the UFC and he lost his last fight back um, just in March, a couple of months ago, against uh, Grant Dawson. So it's a fight that I've not really looked too far into, um, again like most of the ones on the, the ESPN Fight Pass prelims, they are just for pick basis. My pick is RCY's second round submission. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about it because, like I said, it is just about mo- mostly about the pick. On to the second fight Zach Cummings versus Trevin Giles. Um, Zach Cummings is 22 and 6. Um, 5 kill victories, 11 sub 6 decisions. He's 3 for 2 in his last 5 fights and he's coming off a unanimous decision win against Trevor Smith um, in December of last year. Trevor Gales is 11-0. It was 5 KOs, 5 subs, 1 decision win. He's got an 11 and fight, one in streak, obviously being 11-0. and 2-0 in the UFC, he's coming off a knockout victory against Antonio Braga Neto um, in December 18 as well. I don't think it was on the same card that Zach Cummings fought on in his last fight. Um, he, in a previous organisation, has has a, a recorded victory over Ryan Spann, that of course just beat Antonio Noguera last week, and... Um, so that's a good little bit of form line. Um, that that's kind of basically where I'm going with this pick. I've went Giles first round stoppage again. Not really looking too much into it, but I feel like um, that 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 Zach Cummings probably isn't the man to to take this to for Giles to take his first loss on, and the fact that he has beat Ryan Span who you know took care of Neguera pretty easily, shall we say, last week. That's my pick. In the light heavyweight division for the third fight on the ESPN fight pass prelims, Patrick Cummings versus Ed Herman. Ten and six Cummings is with four KOs, two subs and four decision victories. He's on a two-fight losing streak, um coming off a loss, a submission loss to Misha Kirkov in um October of last year. Uh, Herman is 23 and 14. 6 scales, 13 submissions and 4 decision victories He's won for 4 in his last 5 fights um, And his most recent one was a loss, split decision loss to Gian Valente um, In October, um, again I think it was the same card that Cummings' last fight was on um, He's on a 3 fight losing streak It's not a fight that I'm really looking forward to Based on the, the kind of stats and looking into it um I don't think it'll be pretty eventful. The kind of whole card is a bit like this, bar the, the main event where it's it's pretty mediocre. Um it is a fight night of course and and the main event will be a good one. You know, two big names, two big fighters, but the rest of the card is kinda just slammed together. Um so it'll be interesting. I hope I hope all the fights prove me wrong because there's nothing more I love than being entertained, but on the basis of just looking at the card it doesn't look that impressive back to that fight my verdict is um, Cummins by decision um, yeah not really much to say about it fourth fight featherweight division Michael Trizano versus Grant Dawson Trazano is 8-0 um, 2 kills 2 submission victories and 4 decisions um, he's 2-0 in the UFC um, that includes an ultimate fighter finale win back in 2018 and his most recent win was against Luis Peña in November of last year Coach Pena, eh, a couple of course Pena a couple of months back fought and won on his, his comeback from that loss the big ginger afro that's really how I remember him um, he's cutting weight cutting, coming down at the featherweight division Grant Dawson's 13 and 1 3 kills 2 submissions and 1 decision he won his contract on the Dana White choosing Contender contender series he's 1 for 0 in the UFC winning on his debut against Giuliano Rosso who's also of course fighting on this card we've touched on that Earlier, um, he's actually he's opening the card. Um, my verdict again is it's not a very eventful one. I'm not overly looking forward to it, but it's Trezano by decision. That's my pick. Moving to the welterweight division next for the English, for the Englishman Danny Roberts um, against Michael Pereira. Roberts is sixteen and four, seven KOs, five submissions, four decisions. 3 for 2 in his last 5 fights but his most recent one was a loss to Claudio Da Silva in March of this year he's got other losses to Nordin Taleb who of course we touched on a couple of weeks back in the podcast he got a win Um, and then Mike Perry, platinum Mike Perry who is um, on a good little fight winning streak just now so a little bit of a good form line but it comes back to that point that he calls himself hot chocolate that that kinda of makes my decision for me. Um Michael Pereira, twenty one and nine, eight kills, sub six submission victories, six decisions. This is his UFC debut. Um in the face off between these two, he, he was very heated going head to head with Roberts. Um but he looked much bigger. He looked he looked a lot bigger than Danny Roberts from what I saw anyway. Um he's a former champion with other organisations, um and I am taking him by first round stoppage. That is my pick in that one. Lightweight division, Desmond Green, really looking forward to this one actually. Desmond Green versus Charles Jourdain, 22-8 for Green, 6 scales, 1 submission, 15 decision victories. He's 2-3 for three in his last 5 fights and he's coming off a TKO win against Ross Pearson um, of March this year, so a couple months ago. Charles Jourdain, 9-1, 6 scale victories, 3 submission um, victories. He's on a 4 fight winning streak in other organisations, this is his UFC debut, he's actually been a double champion. In his former organisation, nine finishes and has incredible punch power from what I've seen. I've seen a lot of his fight replays and he does look like a bit of a monster. I am, and this is contrary to most people's um, predictions or picks here, my pick is going to be Jordan by second round stoppage. I think it'll be a great matchup, and I'm looking forward to see Desmond Green. You know, he is a favourite of mine. I've enjoyed watching his fights in the past, but I just feel like... I think Jordain's going to take on so second round stoppage. Uh, our first look into the women's division, the bantamweight division, Aspen Ladd versus Sahara Eubanks. Uh, Aspen Ladd is 7-0, 5-0 victories, 1 submission and 1 decision. She's 2-0 and in the UFC and her most recent victory was a TQ win against Tony Evinger, of course famously fought um, Cyborg for the, the title at her weight class it was brought in for her and that was back in October 18 that she got that win Sayara Eubanks is 4-2, two, two TKO victories and two decisions she's 2-0 and all in the UFC and she's coming off um, a win against Roxanne Modifari who, back in November who of course has came out and beat um, Antonina Shevchenko recently and I think she's just been booked for another fight um, but we'll touch on that at the end of the video um, because we've got a lot of them to run through, a lot of a lot of fights that have been scheduled on cards, a lot of people are coming in for people, it's 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 pretty mad actually. So I just wanted to do it all on a one on this podcast. My pick is Eubanks by decision. It's not a fight that I'm really looking forward to. I think obviously they're both 2-0 in the UFC. They've both obviously got knockout power. Um, lads obviously und- undefeated. But yeah, I've went with Eubanks by decision. Um, that is the first. That is the fight just before the main card. The main first main card fight is Davy Ramos versus Austin Hubbard. Um, Ramos is nine and two, one KO victory, seven submissions, and one decision. He's three and one in the UFC and is on a three fight win streak. Um, he's coming off a submission win against John Günther. Um, in November of last year, Austin Hubbard uh, is ten and two, four KO victories, two submissions, and four decisions no idea what he looks like because on shared dog he has absolutely no picture and that is the one way that i actually missed which is fantastic really professional um on he's on a free fight winning streak man this is just going to be a an absolute staple throughout this whole podcast but i am not really looking forward to it. it's not one that i'm overly hyped for um just like the whole card um my pick is ramos by second round submission he's obviously got 7 submission wins in his locker already Hubbard is 2 submissions sort of 4 kills and 4 decisions so sort of very well could go the full 3 rounds but for me on the pick basis Ramos by 2nd round submission uh, the Bantamweight division men's uh, Charles Oliveira versus Nick Lent, both veterans in the game sporting over 30 fights each Olivier is 26 and 8 he's on a 4 fight winning streak he's coming off a submission victory against uh, David Teumair in February of this year just a couple of months back 6 kills 18 submission victories and 2 decisions Nick Lentz he's had 39 fights 30 and 9 he has 11 kills 8 submissions and 11 decisions he's on a 2 fight winning streak and he's coming off a decision win against Scott Holtzman in February as well Um I'm looking forward to see Charles Oliveira again. Definitely. I enjoyed his fight back in February. Um and man, I didn't realise he had 18 submission wins. That is incredible. My pick for that is Oliveira, my third round submission. I was gonna pick first, it was between first and third. Um I think they are both gonna look for the submission win. You know, I think not taking away from any of them that they can't get KO wins, but I think that's the way it's gonna go and especially being in the bantamweight division, you don't really see a lot of KO's. Oliveira, by third round submission, is my pick. Into the Welterweight division, it's uh, Vicente Luque versus Derek Krantz. Now, this was originally supposed to be um, Vicente Luque versus Neil Magny, but earlier this week, Neil Magny was taken out of that fight after um, a substance was found in a sample that he had given to USADA. And... Um, I don't really know too much about it when I was listening to the, the UFC Unfiltered podcast. Um they had him in as a caller and he was kinda of talking about it and how he'd researched it and even he himself doesn't really know what the substance that was found is and what it really does. It's not really a performance enhancement. You know, it doesn't it's not a, it's not anything like Ken um, T J Snake Diller shots, nothing like that, but he hopes that it'll be ironed out and that it will be a, a fault on Yasada's part rather than his. Um, because of his strict diet etc Um, he would know if he put something in his body that he wouldn't and he'd been saying that you know he's had a lot of support in the community because you know they would expect on the whole roster they would expect him to be the least the least likely to to have any sort of illegal substance found in any samples so hopefully that gets ironed out for him we see him soon but Derek Krantz has been brought in on three days notice 23 10, he's got 10 KOs, 11 submission victories, and 2 decision wins. He's 4 1 in his last 5 fights. This is his UFC debut. Now, he took that fight on 3 days' notice. Um, That will probably pay its part. But you couldn't discount him um, in other organisations. He's performed very well. He's got great punch power, and he can also do it on the ground. Vicente Luque, 15 6, 8 KO wins, 6 submissions, and 1 decision. He's 4 1 in his last 5 fights now that one loss came against Leon Edwards who of course is kind of in the title picture in that division um, his most recent win coming off on against Brian Barberina um, in February of this year so just a couple of months ago based on the fact that Derek has took this on three days notice now this doesn't always matter we've seen people who have took it on 24 hours notice and either won or give a good account of themselves I acquint a perfect example taking that that Khabib fight um, on 24 hours notice and goes the full five rounds however I am basing that on my pick and I'm going to go um, the Bechenning you by first round um K-O-T-K-O. It could be one of those where it's a fighter, Derek is a fighter in another organisation who comes across and you think he's going to be Billy Big Boz, but we've seen it in the past, especially the past couple of months, um, where they get absolutely pounded in the first 30 seconds, turtle up and that's the fight. So I think something like that could happen. I hope i proved wrong and I hope we see a, a really really good fight and a good debut for Derek Kratz. back to the women's division now featherweight we've got Megan Anderson versus Felicia Spencer uh, Megan Anderson is 9-3 and three. Uh, one, 5 KOs 2 submissions and 2 decisions 1-1 one and one in the UFC and she's, and she's coming off a TKO win against Kat Singano, um in December of last year now her debut in the UFC was a loss against Holly Holm so it's nothing really to sniff at you know she's obviously now got her title shot so I would not really be taking that into account um, she's up against Felicia Spencer 6-0 unbeaten 1 KO 3 submissions 2 decisions this is her UFC debut she only lost one fight um, in her whole amateur and professional career put together and that was actually her first ever fight that was her amateur debut so yeah that's that's an interesting one my pick as Anderson by decision, I can fully expect Felicia Spencer to take this and win this. Um, that stat of only ever losing one fight is incredible. But I think with the more experience from Megan and the fact that her loss was against Holly Holm, I'm going to take that into account. Uh, I'm going to take her by decision. Back to middleweight Antonio Carlos Jr. versus Ian Hindsnitch. 10-2 is Carlos Jr. 8's submission, to decision victories, he's on a 5 fight winning streak and is coming off a submission win against Tim Boych last month, so um, it's a very quick turnaround, it was the middle of last month he had that fight. High is 12-1, 4KO, 2 subs and 6 decisions, one won his contract on Dana White's Tuesday night contender he's 1-0 in the UFC and he won on debut against Cesar Ferreira back in November. He's on a totally a four-fight winning streak, and his only loss was against submission. Now, if we move over to Antonio Carlos Jr.'s main wins, it's eight submission wins. That is where I'm basing my pick, and I'm going Carlos Jr. by second round, submission. And now, the main event. Now, this has only been running for about 16 minutes now, this podcast. It's quite short. But like I said, we've got this news to talk about at the end of this podcast. So it will be a little bit shorter than usual. However, we've got this news to talk about. Main event... Rafael De Sanios versus Kevin Lee really looking forward to this you know you have to go through quite a lot of poor fights on the card barring maybe the, the Desmond green Jordan fight um, or the Oliveira fight to get to this but It's going to be a good one. Dasanios, 28-11, 5 kills, 9 submissions, 14 decisions. He's, of course, a former interim champ. He's a veteran. He's 3-for-2 in his last five fights and is on a two-fight losing streak, however. Most recent decision loss was against um, now welterweight champion Kamara Usman back in November of last year. However, you know, he's fought the best. He's fought, you know, Donald Cerrone, Nate Diaz, uh, Robbie Lawler, Tony Ferguson. The list literally goes on. He's an incredible veteran, and you know he's coming up against a very good young fighter, youngish. You know he's not he's not twenty one, but Kevin Lee, seventeen and four, two KOs, eight subs, seven decisions, um, as of course moving up to this new weight class. He's three for two in his last five fights, and he's coming off a recent decision loss against Reginald Quinton, who of course is now coming off a loss against Donald Cerrone. We will get to Donald in a minute. Um, that was back in December. But he's racked up wins against Edson Barboza, Michael Chiesa. I can't wait for this fight. It, it, should be a, it should be a really good one. And on its day could probably headline a pay-per-view rather than just a fight night. However, we must just take it on this fight night. I thought about this one for a while for my pick. Back and forth, back and forth. I I... You know when McGregor went through that kind of feud with Desanyos and he was supposed to be fighting him before he actually fought Aldo and he had this thing with he I think he broke his toe he and a David Hay and oh my toe's broke, I can not fight blah 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 I don't know. I was not a fan of him. Back in the day who wasn't a McGregor fanboy though, I think we all at some point were. Now I really like DeSanos now. You know, I've I've come of age, shall we say, and I really respect him. Um my pick is Desanios via third round stoppage. I think this has the potential to go all the way. And by Desanios, fourteen submissions, uh, fourteen decisions. Sorry, it can go all the way. Even Kevin Lee has seven. Um, however, I I think I'm going to go a bit risky, and I'm going to go Rafael Desanios via third round. Yes, very specific third round um, stoppage. That is us, wrapped up the card in pretty quick, quick uh, quick time in about 19 minutes I think we've been running for. Now it's time to talk about the news. Now after the um, UFC 237 Rio de Janeiro card, Dana White uh, tweeted that Diaz versus Pettis was verbally agreed for the co-main event in Anaheim on August 17th at £170. Now, of course, A versus DC for the title is headlining that card, and this was apparently verbally agreed for the co event. A couple of days later, it was official, made official by the UFC Twitter pages. It's official: Nate Diaz returns to face Showtime Anthony Pettis at UFC 241 in Anaheim. I can't wait for this. I am a Pettis fanboy. He's, he's, you know, Milwaukee's own love it my bits absolutely love him Nate Diaz has been out for a couple of years that isn't going to matter you know he's a born fighter he fights every day you know that's he could turn up on an hour's notice and would still put in a shift I I can't wait for this one at all this is obviously August it's a while away now but man I hope it comes around quick Um, I personally would still love to see that Diaz-McGregor trilogy I think it deserves one you know they're obviously both one for one there needs to be some sort of you know, ending to that little storyline. So, depending on how this fight goes, maybe that's the way he goes if he loses it. Maybe if he wins it, you know, will he call him out? I don't know, we'll see on August 17th, but I really cannot wait for that. The day after that, so Tuesday, UFC broke another um, fight. It's official, UFC 240 is coming to Edmonton in July with a massive main event. Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar for the Featherweight Championship uh, July 27th in Edmonton. Wow, wow, wow. Another great fight that they've produced here. Frankie Edgar getting that title chance. Does he deserve it? Probably not. Now, there's a lot of comments going about how Frankie will stand no chance because he's he's boring. It's quite a Frankie. It's quite a boring fight. Um, I think I'm looking forward to it. But I kind of think the UFC are kind of throwing Frankie a bone. And I think he'll retire after this. Not taking away from him that he's not a great fighter. But I don't know if he's earned the title shot. Like, he's obviously on a one fight win streak. And I think someone made a great comment on on the post by UFC. I'm going to go find it. He said, that one fight win streak is a big deal. Greg Hardy will get his title shot after Steepy in DC yeah I mean I couldn't really agree more there's more people in that division that I would like to see fight Holloway um, you know but we're not going to see it you know Volkanovski probably could have been there but of course we know he's hospitalised so that was not going to happen whether or not that was in the pipeline before before he got hospitalised we don't know but July 27th in Edmonton that is going to be our main event well i I'll, I'll like to see what they add to that card the next one two days later so on Thursday on this Thursday there they broke um, a heavyweight bout UFC fight night San Antonio um, it's going to be big ticket Walt Harris against Alexei Oljanic now this I am really really looking forward to um, I don't think it's going to last long I think it's going to be a a one rounder I think I think and here's a spoiler for my pick already for July 20th But I think Walt Harris takes him out in round one. Um, I hope I'm proved wrong and I hope it goes the full three rounds because I would love to see them slogging it out. But I feel like it's going to last probably one round. On to the last bit of of news for fight cards. Um, Tony Ferguson versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone Lightweight has been made official for June 8th at UFC 238 next month. Mixed reviews over this, Um, Tony of course is now totally clear, coming back, fighting, number 2 in the lightweight division, Donald is is number 4, for me I'd like to see Cowboy got a title shot, I made that very clear in previous podcasts on Twitter etc, he hasn't, he made it clear he maybe wanted to fight McGregor, that's the money fight, definitely, Um, and I think it will eventually happen, but for now, on his title charge, this probably is the next step, if he, beats the, if he beats Tony Ferguson that title shot is just imminent he has to be next in line Tony Ferguson and now if he beats Cerrone does he have um, a little bit of a call for a title shot probably yes he does I would love to see Cerrone do this I really really would it's, it's one of those that I genuinely don't know what will happen um, I don't think I could bet against Cowboy like I've said in previous on the form he's in and the mindset he's in no way I could do it but once I maybe read more into it I think mind might May, may go over heart, but we'll see you next month for UFC 238. And the last little bit of news is a little bit of a do- Debbie Downer. Um, an injury has forced Tyron Woodley out of his out of his rematch with Robbie Lawler at UFC Minneapolis. It's pretty unfortunate. Um, feel quite sorry for him. I was really looking forward to this fight, and it was kind of him getting back on track for his for his title his title. Sources. I've told many people that, that it's a hand injury and that'll force him out of a scheduled main event at, at Minneapolis next month. Um, of course, Woodley was the one that, that dethroned Robbie Lawler in 2016 to get his championship. He held it until Kamaru Usman took it off him um, and now he wants to get back on the horse and, and go for that title, but he won't be getting it against Robbie Lawler. They've not got an opponent in place yet, but many fighters have been asking to replace him. Um, Darren Till has called for it on Twitter many a times already. Um, apparently, his teammates are campaigning for it, and another big one, Santiago Poncebibo also wants it. So it'll be interesting to see who they um, they pick to take on Robbie Lawler in Minneapolis. I don't think it'll be as good as a fight, but I you know I'm not a Darren Till fan. Don't like his don't like his style of fighting. Don't like him as a person. Never met him. Don't judge him by his cover, but I don't fucking like him. Um, so interesting and if Darren ends up fighting him I hope, I hope the old vet Robbie absolutely sparks him but that's something for the future and that's it quite a short episode but I had to get that news in at the end I hope you did enjoy I hope you made it to the end if you did thank you very much please do subscribe turn them notifications on you'll get a little buzz whenever a podcast goes live whether it's a preview or a rundown um whatever platform you're listening on, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do subscribe. I'm on every single platform available, listening platform available, so there's really no excuses. But thank you very much for listening. I hope you did enjoy. Enjoy the fights tomorrow night and I will see you back on Monday for the rundown of the UFC Fight Night 152 DeSanius versus Lee card on Monday. But as always, Pull out.